You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Monday to you. I hope you had a great weekend celebrating the contract extension of Josh Allen and knowing that the Buffalo Bills have their quarterback locked up long-term. And so today on the podcast, I'm going to get into some of the details of this Josh Allen contract extension and some of the comments that were made by Josh and Brandon Bean and even Stefan Diggs regarding the contract extension now that we've gotten more details and It's had some time to breathe. I have some additional thoughts that I want to bring up regarding this new deal for Josh Allen. And of course, I want to get into what happened on Saturday when the Bills scrimmaged and some of the notable takeaways from that. And so we will work through the scrimmage. Then I'm going to get into some of those contract details. And then we'll close out the podcast by looking at some of the comments that have been made regarding the deal, and uh, a little bit of what's ahead here on the podcast with the Bills playing a game at the end of the week, a preseason game, Friday night. So we've got a lot to dig into today, so let's do it. Let's begin with the scrimmage. And firstly, let's discuss the participation. Jerry Hughes is out with a calf strain. Christian Wade, running back, he is out with a shoulder injury. Emmanuel Sanders is out with a foot injury. And Forrest Lamp is is out with a calf injury. Cole Beasley, Starla Tulele, Daryl Williams, they all had veteran rest days on Saturday. And then Vernon Butler, he left the practice early and was evaluated for a head injury. On the good news side of things, Jacob Hollister was a full participant and he actually had a big play over the middle of the field in 11-on-11 work and he caught a pass from Josh Allen. So a first-team rep in that. Speaking of Josh Allen, on the heels of his massive contract extension, he went 14 of 18 during the scrimmage, and the comments were that he moved the offense up and down the field. I think you probably saw the touchdown by Isaiah McKenzie on the end around, and so that was an exciting play, but feels like 17 was on his game once again. The only bad play being an interception, which you probably saw the highlight of this, Micah Hyde came over the top of Stephon Diggs to take away the football. So maybe Stephon Diggs should have positioned himself a little bit better to catch that football. Uh, Certainly didn't appear to be a bad decision by Josh Allen. Probably what it mostly was was a good play by Micah Hyde going and getting that football. So Josh Allen takes everything in stride, signs his deal, and goes out and delivers a really good practice. We got some good nuggets as it relates to the Buffalo Bills running back situation. Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic said in his column on Saturday, Zach Moss has, quote, consistently been the best running back at training camp, and he looked better than Devin Singletary on Saturday. And Devin Singletary ran with the second team offense. So that is something. That is a pretty strong sentence for Matthew to put in his column. And I guess this lines up with some of the trends that we saw happened end of the season last year where it felt like Zach Moss was claiming more and more of the market share. 
but then he got hurt, and so Devin Singletary was the, the lead back, and he didn't really claim that much of a role. And now that everyone is back and healthy, looks like Zach Moss is claiming the lead role in the Buffalo Bills backfield. So Zach Moss, your lead running back as it appears for now, but we know they're both going to get plenty of work. Now, there's more running backs in the Bills' backfield besides Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. It sounds like Matt Breida is continuing to have a strong camp, and you have to think that camp is just the perfect place for a guy like Matt Breida to shine where his speed really shows up. There's not a whole lot of live tackling or anything like that, and so this guy can really just showcase that explosiveness, and so I'm sure he does look good in camp. I'm anxious to see how he fares in preseason games and what his vision and contact balance and ball security looks like. And then all the reports continue to be very favorable about Antonio Williams. And we got a little taste of Antonio Williams in Week 17 against the Miami Dolphins and saw how hard he ran and just looked like his legs were very alive and physical and just wanted to gain every inch he possibly could on the football field. And obviously that is something that is easy to fall for. And sounds like he continues to garner praise and have strong days and you know force the issue when it comes to this running back situation. Now, the challenge for Antonio Williams is I don't think the Bills are going to keep more than four running backs. And so you have Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. You have Matt Breida, who gives you this speed dynamic. And you have Tywan Jones, who is a special teams ace. So what is his path to the roster? Well, they'd have to say goodbye to Matt Breida and say goodbye to the speed dynamic that they wanted to add to the backfield. Or they'd have to say goodbye to Taiwan Jones, who the team loves as a special teams player. I still think Antonio Williams is on the outside looking in when it comes to making this roster. I'm sure they'd love to have him on the practice squad and know that they can call him up if you know one of the lead backs goes down. But I still have a hard time finding that course to the roster for Antonio Williams. Let's talk about the offensive line. Deion Dawkins remains out at left tackle. And so Spencer Brown, the Bills' third-round pick, rookie, he took most of the reps at first-team left tackle during the scrimmage and sounds like he was up and down but wasn't awful. At right tackle, things were interesting because Daryl Williams had a rest day. And so you're down Deion Dawkins, you're down Daryl Williams, have a rookie left tackle, third-round pick in Spencer Brown, and then at right tackle, Tommy Doyle, another rookie, and Bobby Hart, split the reps at right tackle, and the reports on how Bobby Hart is looking continue to sound very, very, very disappointing. So, um, you know, look, the Bills need those tackles, Williams and Dawkins, and I'm starting to get a little bit concerned how long Dawkins has been out. I certainly hope that he's recovering well from COVID and that he'll be back soon, but, you know, you certainly like to see him back in the lineup and, and getting his feet up under him and gelling with the rest of the offensive line. Continuing this discussion regarding the offensive line, at guard, Ike Bakker and John Feliciano rotated at left guard. And so we're starting to finally get a look at what the offensive line rotation is at guard with Bakker back in the mix and, of course, with Feliciano and Cody Ford. And so those guys rotated, at least Feliciano and Bakker did. Ford remained at right guard. But this guard thing is a legitimate competition. 
And one thing that I'm not ruling out is a rotation. We've seen the Bills rotate offensive linemen. It is not something that is a foreign idea for this football team. So between Ford, Bakker, and Feliciano, I would love to see two of those guys emerge and claim those jobs, but I am absolutely not ruling out the idea that the Bills actually have a rotation at guard. We saw that happen. Ty Inseki and Cody Ford literally did that. So there's precedent, and it would not surprise me. Now, one other thing that we learned about the offensive line, specifically John Feliciano, is that he dropped 20 pounds. He's playing at 305 pounds. He says he feels quicker and healthier. And I'll be honest, I was happy to hear that because one of my criticisms for John Feliciano has been that he's a below-average pass blocker. And I think being lighter and leaner and quicker will help him because he's plenty strong. That's not an issue. He can anchor and and hold his ground. It's the lateral quickness that he struggles with. And so dropping that weight and becoming more swift and nimble on his feet will be a major asset for him in pass protection, but also working laterally in zone concepts. So I think John Feliciano dropping that weight is a really good thing. And then lastly, from Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic, he said that Ryan Bates continues to be a mainstay as the backup center. And so we praise Ryan Bates so much for being a guy that can fill in at all five spots. But it's pretty interesting to me that Fairburn said he was a mainstay at backup center and that given some of the issues that have been happening at tackle with Dawkins out and some struggles from, it seems like, everyone else, whether that's Hart or... Uh, Spencer Brown or Tommy Doyle getting their feet wet in the NFL that they haven't given Bates a look at tackle. So this may be a situation where Ryan Bates is really coming into this role as a true backup center. So that is something that is interesting to monitor. Tired of getting killed by daily fantasy sports experts? Don't play experts. Play the house with Stat Hero. Introducing Stat Hero, it's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have all the advantages. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. See the competition ahead of time. Pick the lineup you think you can beat and go head-to-head with no pool of opponents. Go to StatHero.com slash LockedOn, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to StatHero.com slash LockedOn. That is StatHero.com slash LockedOn. All right, so that was the offensive recap of the scrimmage. Let's shift gears to the defensive side of the football and actually start with the return game, which is not defense, but that's where I want to start the next phase of this discussion. And I don't have a whole lot to say other than Marquez Stevenson muffed a punt. And so as I've stated time and time again, there's a reason that this guy didn't get opportunities to return punts at Houston. Really good kick returner, Productive wide receiver was a mismatch for Houston at receiver. 
But they didn't get him involved as a punt returner for a reason. And we've been hearing about muffs and inconsistency catching the football from Marquez Stevenson. And so I think he has just about sunk his opportunity to be a punt returner for this team. So Isaiah McKenzie is obviously in the driver's seat for the return guy job. And we heard as much from Heath Farwell last week, the Bills special teams coordinator, when it comes to where this race is at. One other quick note is that Matthew Fairburn offered positive remarks concerning undrafted free agent tight end Quentin Morris, which is a theme that continues. It feels like everything I read about training camp, there's something about Quentin Morris is mentioned and it's all positive. So this young man is certainly making a case here, which you love to see. A couple takeaways from the defense. Let's talk about the defensive line. Daryl Johnson, who again, was praised by Heath Farwell in his media availability last week. Sounds like he had a really good scrimmage. He gave Jordan Devy, Tommy Doyle, and Caleb Beninock trouble at offensive tackle, which is interesting that Jordan Devy is getting reps at offensive tackle because you think of him as an interior offensive lineman, and he's playing out at tackle, and that goes back to what we talked about in the first segment about Ryan Bates and how Ryan Bates can play all five positions, but is mostly playing interior at center. So just a, a little something to chew on there as we piece this Buffalo Bills offensive line together. But Daryl Johnson standing out in the scrimmage. Joe Biscaglia of The Athletic, he praised Ed Oliver and Justin Zimmer for what they did at defensive tackle. But on the other side of things, he noted struggles for Vernon Butler, Brandon Bryant, Trayvon Hester, and mentioned that Harrison Phillips was up and down. And so this defensive tackle thing is really fascinating to me. I feel comfortable with Ed Oliver. I feel comfortable with Starlo Tulele, and I'm not comfortable with much else. It seems like Justin Zimmer has really settled in. You've heard really positive things about Zimmer from McDermott, from Frazier, from the practice reports. But I have no confidence in Vernon Butler, although I do have confidence that he's going to be on the team given his contract. But defensive tackle right now might be my biggest concern on the team outside of punt returner. I just don't feel like the Bills are very stout there, and uh, they're not very deep. And who knows what is going to happen with Harrison Phillips. Is he going to settle in and become a reliable, consistent, rotational defensive tackle? Are they really going to play F.A. Obata and Carlos Basham on the inside as much as they might have to based on this depth chart. So (laughs) I'm hoping to hear some positive things about this defensive tackle room, and we're just not getting them as frequently as I wish. Uh, One other note on the defensive line is Carlos Basham. It feels like he's fading a bit. Um, Joe Biscaglia mentioned that he's being outshined by Gregory Rousseau and A.J. Epinesa. It certainly sounds like F.A. Obata is playing at a higher level than Basham right now. So come preseason Friday night against Detroit, I'm really going to be lasered in on these defensive linemen, especially at defensive end and especially Carlos Basham, to see where he's at because I think he's more of a gamer and I think he'll show up more in those game reps. So I'm anxious to get eyes on him. A couple of notes here in the secondary. Levi Wallace continues to be the favorite for the CB2 job starting opposite of Tredavious White. 
At this point, I think I'd be surprised if Dane Jackson were to unseat Levi Wallace and, and be the starter opposite of Trey White. Perhaps there's some rotation, but it really sounds like Levi Wallace is running away with this gig. It was also interesting to read that Saran Neal got reps as an outside corner with the second team defense. Um, you think of Saran Neal as more of a, obviously a special teams player, but more of a slot than an outside corner. And so him getting reps as a second team outside corner, probably with Dane Jackson. I'm sure the group was Dane Jackson and Saran Neal outside with, you know, Trey White and Levi Wallace, your starting group out. Um, but interesting. I, I definitely thought that was something that made me perk up when I saw it, because like I said, I think of Neil Moore as a slot corner. And so, you know, maybe it's a situation where they want to make sure that he can play outside and give him reps there and give him him some exposures and get some looks about how things appear if they do have to go with that group outside. Um, so I found that to be interesting. And then lastly on the secondary is that Jaquan Johnson and Josh Thomas remain the second group of safeties on the field ahead of DeMar Hamlin, who is running with the threes. So we know Poyer and Hyde, that's your starting duo. But that next pair is Jaquan Johnson and Josh Thomas. And to me, this is really interesting because I don't think the Bills keep more than four safeties. And so DeMar Hamlin needs to do something here to get into that second team, or else we're talking about a guy that's going to be waived and put on the practice squad because I don't think the Bills are keeping five safeties. So... There's still a lot that can happen. I mean, there's three preseason games, a lot of practice time left. But Josh Thomas continues to be ahead of him on the depth chart at this point in training camp. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, and cookies and cream. There are so many delicious flavors, and maybe you don't know where to start. I would encourage you to try a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, and that is the perfect place to start your Built Bar journey, and then you can order you know, the, the full box of whatever flavors you like, but you can sample them all with a mixed box. And not only are these things delicious, the best tasting protein bars on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories range from 130 to 180, there's only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. I've got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's close out the podcast by taking a look at this Josh Allen contract and really focusing on the structure of the deal now that we have that information. And then I'll get into a few of the comments that were made by 
Brandon Bean, Josh Allen, and one by Stefan Diggs. So this would definitely be a lot easier if everybody could see the spreadsheet with all the contract details. So I'm not going to go through line by line and give you every number and all of those types of things. What I want to do is talk about the highlights of this deal. So first of all, let's remember that the expectation is that in 2023, there's going to be a lot of new money pouring into the NFL from the TV deals. And so that comes with an expectation of a big jump in cap space for the 2023 season and moving forward. So what the Bills did with this deal is they used some of the space that they had for 2021 and gave it to Josh Allen. They actually reduced his 2022 cap figure by $7 million, which is significant because we've talked about this. The Bills are right up at the cap right now. And so that creates space for next season. And then obviously 2023, you get this big influx of money from the TV deals. The cap goes up and you feel a lot better about where things look from a cap perspective. And that's when the bigger hits for Josh Allen's new deal start really, really kicking in. So that is something to be mindful of. Now, we talk about this deal. It's a six-year extension worth up to $258 million, $150 million guaranteed. But like we talked about in the emergency podcast on Friday, we need to see the full structure of the deal to really understand the implications. And so the way this is set up is Josh Allen is pretty much locked in through 2025. You don't really have a great opportunity to get out of his deal until after the 2025 season. Now you could after 2024, and then you would free up $51 million in cap space. You'd have 20 million in dead cap. So you'd create 31 million in cap space and and, and have 20 million in dead cap. 20 million in dead cap is bad, but you would create a sizable amount of cap space from doing that. Your clean opportunity to get out of the deal is after 2025 where Josh Allen could be cut and you're only going to have $8.4 million in dead cap space in 2026, none in 27, and none in 28. So the Bills are in really good shape with this early in the deal because obviously they're perfectly fine right now. They lessened his cap hit next year And in 2023, you're expecting an influx of money. So unless the wheels completely fall off with Josh Allen, the Bills should be in really good shape with this deal considering the caliber of player Josh Allen is and what it costs to have a quarterback of his skill level. So all in all, I think this is a really good job by Brandon Bean to create a deal where there is flexibility and maneuverability baked into it. You're going to have to manipulate the cap. You're going to have to do things like convert money to a signing bonus and spread things out. You've seen the Bills do this with multiple players that they've already extended. And those opportunities are absolutely baked into this contract for Josh Allen. And both Allen and Bean commented on the structure of the deal and some of the flexibility that it creates. So, Let's look at some of these quotes here um, to kind of tie everything together in terms of what the messaging is from Bean and from Allen and marrying that to the structure of the deal that we just talked about. 
Brandon Bean, on the length of the contract, he said, we're committed to Josh. There's no trepidation on our part. We believe in Josh. Part of that helps us to plan for the future because you know the cap hits and can prepare. Admitted that there will be some tough decisions when it comes to re-signing other players and may have to find cheaper options in some spots. He said, we have to do a really good job of finding young players that can play, whether that is in the draft or from other teams' rosters. So you can see Brandon Bean putting an emphasis on some of the stuff we talked about on Friday. Have to be able to find cheap young players. The best way to do that is from the draft. Talking about how having the deal done will help prepare for the future because you understand the structure of the deal and where those opportunities are to move money around. But also said, hey, look, there's going to be some tough decisions. We might have to cut a player. We might not be able to re-sign a player and find cheaper options. So these are the realities of this contract, but they know now, right? Like everything is out in front of him. He can really laser in on his planning and continue to build the roster appropriately. A couple of things from Josh Allen that I want to mention here on the podcast is first, he said he's thankful that it's done and now we can focus on going out there and earning it. He said, I understand that they didn't pay me for what I've done. They did this because they expect me to continue doing what I'm doing and expect me to win championships for this team. So everything that you've been able to gather from Josh Allen and how he navigated this process has been really impressive. Knowing that he's on the brink of signing this deal, doing it after practice on Friday, having a great practice on Friday, seemingly being very focused. Some people said it was his best practice of camp. Then you listen to him talk During the press conference, you see him go out and have a great scrimmage. Just the way he's responded, the messaging, the demeanor, it's wonderful. It's amazing. It's exactly what you want in the face of your franchise. So I've really appreciated how Josh has handled every part of this from what he said to how he responded to what his actions have been. It's really, really impressive stuff. Josh Allen on the length of the contract He said, the way we structured the deal allowed both parties to feel like they won. To be here for eight more years, it allows us to move things around, to keep pieces here, and I'm not egotistical about how the money is put or where it needs to be. I want to win. Whatever it takes for us to win is what I'm willing to do. And so I mentioned this on the Friday Emergency Podcast. Josh Allen being willing to sign a six-year contract extension was huge for flexibility and maneuverability. It's massive. He could have signed for four years like Dak, and Dak set himself up well to strike gold again while he's still fairly young. Josh Allen just signed a contract that locks him up through age 32. It's amazing to me. So I know that it's hard to talk about somebody who just got a contract that could pay him up to a quarter of a billion dollars and talk about them making concessions or being generous or doing things that creates flexibility for the franchise. But in reality, it just does. Being signed through age 32. Josh could have done a a four-year extension and hit free agency again before he turned 30 years old. But he didn't do that, and that creates a lot of flexibility for the Buffalo Bills. So we need to keep that in mind. It's absolutely critical. 
And then the last thing I want to mention from a press conference perspective is what Stefan Diggs had to say. On Josh Allen, he said he's playing with a lot of confidence. He knows what he's capable of, and he's more hungry than last year. I mean, <laughs> how could Josh be any more hungry than he's been? I mean, to hear Steph Diggs say that excites me because we know how driven Josh Allen is, but this man is focused and he's on a mission. And I'm anxious to see what he delivers this season. All right, as for the rest of the week here, the Bills practice on Monday at 10 a.m., Tuesday at 10 a.m., Wednesday at 10 a.m. There's no practice on Thursday. And then Friday, the Bills have their first preseason game at Detroit at 7 p.m. So I'm going to give you a podcast every day this week and on Saturday. I'm not going to make you wait for my reactions to the Bills and Lions preseason game. So you can expect that to come your way on Saturday. We'll have a normal week next week with your your typical podcast schedule every single day, Monday through Friday. And then I think the Bills play again at the end of the week. So another six-show week from me, and that's perfectly fine. There's too much to talk about with this football team, and and I don't want you to wait. I, w- I want to be here for you and talk you through this season like we've done the last several and, and have a lot of fun. So uh, just make sure you're subscribed. There's going to be a lot of podcasts, a lot of episodes, a lot of things to talk about, and just know that I'm not going to leave you hanging or make you wait two days to hear what I thought about a preseason game that happened on Friday night. So a lot to talk about this week. Make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, share the podcast. Hope you have an awesome day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.